Hello, Bears fans. Welcome to another edition of The Tailgate Show. This is your boy, Air Jair, Air Jair 54 on Twitter, and I am with Brian Quinn. Well, you don't know my Twitter handle, no. that's all right. I, I'm not, I haven't been I super active on it lately. this is AA's job. Unfortunately, AA is not with us right now. Yeah, hopefully he can jump in later. We'll see what happens. Hope all is well. Um, another uh, 34, fucker. I remember. 20, 2020's here, man. Well, it's the most 2020 ever, isn't it? It's uh, it's Are been wild. It's definitely been wild, and I hope um, uh, from all this, like I said, we we talked about it last week that we just get better. Um, as a country, as people, as fighting viruses, as as showing equality. Um, I'm very proud to be a Bears fan, and the way our team has approached this and, and that, that meeting that they had as a team last week. Absolutely. Awesome stuff, man. And, and Nagy too. I got to give Nagy credit. The, Great call by Nagy to just be there to listen, you know, and that's, that's, it's, that's the sign of a true leader. Yes. And I think that's never been in question with him. I've always thought that he's had the team's ear. Yeah. And once again, he proved it. Yeah. But what, an, what an awesome thing to do is just let, let the guys talk and, and share. They said it was emotional and ultimately it brought them closer, they felt. so. Absolutely. You know, it's another organization I've got to say, you know, we all did the PSA thing for the Brawl Network. I guess there was probably, what, 75 of us or something like that. That's what I keep hearing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it should be shouted out in one voice that black lives do matter. Absolutely. I mean, I've been even at work. It's like all lives can't matter unless black lives matter. That's the thing. Like, if your neighbor's house is on fire and they're, they're, they come screaming for help, and you say, well, what about my house? And there's nothing going on in your house. It's fine. Right. It's very similar to that. It's like your neighbor is hurting, and all they're saying is they matter. They're, they're, that's, exactly. They, they do matter. And, this, and the thing, stuff going on right now, it's not about all lives matter. It's about black lives matter. And things need to get better. And I'm really hoping they do. I mean, there's, there's a lot so much of radical talk going around about defunding police, things of that nature, which neither can. Uh, that's a different discussion for a different day. But yeah, it, shows that, it shows that it's a defunding education for a while. So it's not like no, that's true. You know, it's true. Not to get it shows that the conversation has changed in 10 days after or 11 days after George Floyd's death. I think it's 11 days. You know. And that's a healthy thing for our country, and I think it, it's great to see, you know, our football players, you know, guys that we look up to, you know, like Hakeem Hicks, like, you know, Danny, like A Rob, A Rob. Those guys went straight up and said it, you know. Yeah. And God bless Hakeem Hicks, man. You talk about uh, that presser. You can yeah, really tell he was. He was very thoughtful in his thoughts and what he said. It was an awesome interview, yeah, man. He he was. He, he yeah. you could tell he he really meant what he was saying, and he did not back down from any questions. And I I I kind of related to it a little bit, but not to the extent of being a person of black color, because you know when you're the big guy, you have to accommodate to people because yeah. people think a certain way of you or whatever. And I'm not Akeem Hicks big. Let's not get that twisted at all. But, you know, 
I th- that, that part of what he was talking about is that how he had to change his persona to for people to approach him because they were scared. And it's just like to him, to other people, you know, it's wild, but that's his reality. You know, and that that to me was really powerful. You know, those words. And you know he had a change. He, he did. He did take his shit on Mike Glennon, which was fantastic. <laughs> I was gonna say that. Yeah, that that was uh, pretty good. And I mean, and honestly, you do wonder now. Not to go off topic too much, but like, well, yeah, you had the NFL player video of the Black Lives Matter, and then you had Goodell's response was to that video, and Goodell surprisingly admitting he was wrong, and. Yes. Um, Encouraging peaceful protest, and it, you wonder if Cap will. Hopefully, Cap gets a shot, man. I mean, he's he's better than a lot of the, definitely better than a lot of the backups in the league. Even, in my opinion, I mean, this is a guy that has a skill set that's coveted by teams. Yeah. So, I'm I'm hoping he gets a shot. I'm hoping they make this right. And there's been some hashtag boycott NFL BS out there that got people aren't going to go to games anymore. It's like, come on, man. Like just stop. I'm like not we have, go, I'm not gonna go into the politicizing well, of that. I'm not gonna get too political, but, but we have a pre- we have a president. Like we have a president that before he became president was told no to buying the Buffalo Bills. He's got an axe to grind with that. He's a businessman, sure. and when you have failed business things happen. That's that's just vengeful BS. So he's he's just he's just trying to stoke that fire. And I mean I I just think it sometimes. People make uneducated statements, but if if you if you admit you're wrong, and I'm hoping Goodell isn't just this isn't just talking, there needs to be action with that, and we'll we'll, we'll end up finding out what that is. But if you're if you're a person that you you made a mistake, you're admitting you're wrong, and you're proving that you're going to change, I'm okay, you know that's that's positive, and I'm I'm hoping that that he's there and he needs to support his players, man. Because they, they ultimately drive this entertainment business that is the NFL. The, the owners, I mean, let's let's be straight. The owners don't make profit unless the athletes are there. Right. The problem you have of, I mean, of the league. I don't know the, what the – I'm not going to guess the percentage of black athletes in the NFL is. I'm going to say it's probably really high. It is. And uh, you're making money off their back. And – it really puts the Kaepernick protest in the way that people reacted to him in context about how they didn't care. They really didn't fucking care, in my opinion. And when Akeem Hicks says, you know, I wanted to kneel too, but I thought I would lose my job and then and be blackballed out of the NFL. And boom, what happens to Kaepernick? He's like, I was justified in those thoughts. You know? And I think the, way, the way it's established, it's almost like the government's a sponsor. I'm sure there is money thrown around there. There's a, com- there's a commercial for patriotism aspect to the national anthem being on national TV. Right. So yes. when you're in company uniform. Yes. It's like the, the employer is in charge. I can't just do what I want when I'm working. So that, I think that played into the uh, initially – it's all about the money at the end of the day. Uh, your, there is well, there is that well, aspect, and now one the money's saying. One hey. of your sponsors is pissed. It's like, okay, guys, why don't we not do this? 
Right. But I, I think we're way past that now, and, I, and I'm hoping Goodell practices what he's preaching right now and lets these players express themselves because I don't personally, taking a knee, you're still facing the flag. It's not like you're turning your back on it. For all those people that are – you're just showing reverence for a situation that you let's, feel – Let's talk about Drew Brees' comments. Yeah, I'm just saying I think I, I, peaceful protests I have no problem with. And I just – I'm glad. I'm glad the comments that Goodell made, if he can back them up with action – that, that's a positive change. But Drew, Drew kind of threw something out there about his grandparents being a World War II veteran. And to yeah, him, true, it, man. it is bad, in my it, opinion. It, it, it's a man that did not take the time to listen to his fellow teammates. That's what I think. And he caught him I, off guard. I think genuinely, uh, from from what I've always seen, he he's done he's done a lot for New Orleans. He's been there what? Was it has it been 15 years? Yeah, he's been there. Something a crazy time. like that. You know, he he's been very important to the community. Um, this is a guy that like really I think just took it, it really surprised people. Like there's certain players that people wouldn't be surprised by saying something. I'm sure, but I think like who Drew Brees is, and and the Backing, he, he's, he's like basically brought New Orleans to respectability, and he's done a lot for the community. Absolutely. So I think people people were just taken so off guard by by Drew's comments. That's what's and, up. That is what is up. Hey, hey, welcome <laughs> to the house. But like like I was saying, man, I think I think with Drew, I think it just, uh, it just caught, it, it, with Drew Brees, I think it was just shock. Like people were oh, absolutely. Sh- never faced those kind of questions. Yeah, and he Tell did. I mean, he was pe- not. He was yeah. not prepared for that kind of questioning. And you know what? Your grandparents fought. My grandparent, my grandfather was a POW in Stalag 7A. He fought for the right for you to do whatever you want during the national anthem. Right. You know why? It wasn't just. You want to see a pride? I mean. We're going to go, let's go historically speaking. You know, the Germans tried to wipe out a race. The Axis powers tried to wipe out a whole fucking race of people. So, freedom to them meant something different. Yeah, but we have a very I'm liberal get family, it. too. I'm not going to say it. we're more liberal than than most. Yeah, but we gotta like get, bring that history up. Like the U.S. allowed that for a little bit too before they got involved. That is true. So, but I mean, with, but back, you can tell that true. Hicks handled it a shit ton better than because he thought about it. You know, he actually put thought in those words, and Breeze kind of ho hummed it, and he got blistered for it, and he should have. Yeah, I just think like I don't think he ho hummed it, Jared. I gotta jump in there, Jared. I don't think he ho hummed it at all. I think he had a very well thought out uh, thing to say, and he even got choked up about it. He he meant what he said. That was not an off the cuff flip answer. He meant what he said. He had reasoning worked out. He had a little monologue that that got himself to a little soap opera choked up moment. Like I'm sorry, I'm not giving him the. He wasn't prepared for it at all. I he that answer felt felt okay. very thought out and not in like a robotic or a, or a, or a scripted way. It felt like this is what this guy believes. And what I'm 
<laughs> saying to you is that he's not wrong. It's just, dude, now is not the time to say shit like that. Right. I don't think he understood the potential backlash he was going to get. Is, I think he had is, which, really bad timing. Right. Which is honestly like his the worst part about it. The worst part about it is that what it said to everybody was that the Colin Kaepernick thing happened four years ago. Eric Garner happened four years ago. All this stuff happened four fucking years ago, and you still don't know what it was about. Right, right. You are still confused. You don't right. know why NBA players were wearing I Can't Breathe shirts. You don't know why the president made a big grandstanding speech calling the players sons of bitches and this, that, and the other. You, 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 that, our first our ex-governor walked yeah. out of a Colts game because people weren't – because right. players kneeled. Right. And, and you know – Fine by me. Y'all can have It was have a him. huge but, deal. And so what it says to me is you weren't paying attention. And I don't – I, I don't think it was think, a thought out – okay, I think it was a thought out from his perspective thing. It was not a thought out from a worldly perspective thing. What he said about disrespecting the flag is a very real sentiment to him. Saying it in response to what's going on in the world around you is extremely tone deaf, ignorant, and stupid. What he said in and of itself, if if the question was in a vacuum, Drew Brees, how do you feel about somebody disrespecting the flag? He says that, great. I ch- I'm choked up with him, too. I'm like, hell yeah, brother. But when you say it in light of what's going on now and on the heels of what Fangio opened his fat mouth and said, <clears throat> which was pathetic, too. It's like it, it, what, what it tells me is, is that these guys are not normal. <laughs> Correct. Quarterbacks are not wired. No, they're weird. And honestly, they are not as a, a, a tuned in to what is going on. Fangio doesn't know what the hell's going on. That dude sleeps in gray sweats and wakes up in gray sweats. And it's not an excuse because you're if if you want to be a leader of men who gets in guys' kitchens and like gets gets them to dig down deep and you know essentially like band of brothers style fight for you, you can't be like Uncle Fester. No. <laughs> like just doesn't know what the hell's going on, sticking his finger in light sockets. Like, do you think that cost him his job? Eventually? No, no. I, I I think they all see him like that. They see him as like the grizzled old football guy because that's who. Honestly, the black players on that team, they've they already know how to do this. Like, <clears throat> I don't think they're gonna have any problem compartmentalizing this and playing football. That's what those guys are wired to do. They have all, I guarantee you in their lives dealt with straight up racist coaches and racist teammates and everything, yeah. you know, um, we saw James Daniels came out talking about the weight, co- the lifting coach over at Iowa. And he now he is, he's categorically denied that. Whatever, but and that's not all. James Daniels said he was really kind of pulling the curtain back on on Iowa, and people were none too happy about it. And you know, and unfortunately, this is what we see right now. It's like, it's like you read the comments on some of this stuff. I mean, it's accessible. People are really 
people are really going out of their way to come up with some wild stuff. And it's like, I know it's Twitter, but it's tough to, you know, and, and, and I think that's why some of these guys will, why they stay out of the muck because it's what it is. It's a, it's a muck raking contest right now on Twitter. Well, then you try putting that up, Drew tried putting that apology out there and that just, it's just gonna get torn to bits too. It's yeah. I mean, once you it, go there, you can't go back. The written apology was bad, and and they and they they make the classic mistake like apologizing needs to be simple. You don't need to. You should never explain the person who you're apologizing to their own point of view. That's a huge mistake because you're you're digging more down into the quicksand. You should never go to the classic mistake of, I am sorry these words or this action was taken this way. Because, again, you're blaming somebody else. You're basically saying, what I said was cool. I'm sorry you didn't you didn't think it was cool. You thought it was offensive. Sorry you're offended. That's what he was – and there was lots of other flowery bullshit words in there. But at the end of the day, that's what it came down to again was, I'm sorry you're offended – um, How about I was, Jenkins, Jenkins? Yeah, I was basically it was all good, and you know I'm sorry that that uh, you were offended, and then that blew up in his face. And what what do you get next? You get the 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 let me show you my face so you can look into my eyes, um, you know, apology, and it's like okay, like come on, are you? Are you for real right now, dude? Like, and I know that I, I'm trying to have empathy. I'm trying to have empathy for a lot of people, even the, um, even the worst of people right now. I'm trying to say, I know that they don't. Nece- I'm hoping that they don't necessarily believe this. Some of this stuff in in this way, and they're just lashing out because it feels like a war right now, and people are getting crazy, but. Like, so I'm trying to think of Drew Brees, like, what if it was me, you know, and I can't imagine what that feels like, you know what I mean? Like, to literally feel the feeling of, like, millions of people just being like, fuck you, you know, and, and like, Michael Thomas's response was, he don't know no better, and it's like, you know that's not the case, and you know he doesn't really think that. We're used to, we're used to people telling us, fuck you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Just like, multiply it. I mean, not that many. I mean, you're talking about like the, you know, the, the enough people to fill a bar booth. All right. Yeah. Not enough. Uh, not yeah, enough to, you know, about to the bots. A, Don't forget the bots. Fill a stadium. But I'll tell you what. Like, I guarantee you that the players right now are very torn. Oh man, can you imagine? Because, yeah, no, I can't imagine because it it is like, and I think black people right now in general are under a lot of pressure to, to, to be a part of the movement, to change the people around them, to not take any more shit, to dig in their heels, to um, fight the good fight, you know, all that stuff. And, and anybody with a damn platform like these players have, the pressure must be you know, enormous. You got your family and friends and, you know, people calling you, people wanting you to do media and, and, and I, I, I think, think, they, they, I think the NFL player video we we're talking about earlier, eh, that black lives matter video was very powerful. 
Agreed. Powerful to the point where Goodell basically apologized. Yeah, and and I think a lot of the players right now are also feeling a remorse over not backing Kaepernick more. Yeah. I mean, I know that Keem Hicks talked about him basically feeling, and I think that a lot of players felt this. You might have already touched on this, but they felt that they were going to be treated exactly the same Mm -hmm. as Kaepernick would. And and to be honest, I almost would have liked to have seen that to see what would have happened because Kaepernick was not a Keem Hicks. You know what I mean? Like – or a player, Kaepernick was not on that level, like to me, and not that Akeem Hicks was on some super high level at that time, but Kaepernick was still a guy who is had questionable NFL starter status to begin with. Now he should be definitely be a backup. Nobody can doubt that. But quarterbacks in a Super Bowl though. Right. I mean, if you there's a lot of similarities between Foles and Kaepernick. It's just that Kaepernick didn't win. You know. There you go. Like, Can you imagine if they didn't have the NFL players' contract already signed for ten years? Oh, it would be a shit show. It'd be like it NFL would be a war. Right. I, I mean, Cap does have more talent than some of these guys are still oh, checking on rosters. One hundred percent be in the league. Mike Glennon has signed three contracts since uh, since Kaepernick, you know, has been out of the league. I mean, and Colt McCoy's know. still kicking around, man. But come you know, on, straight bums. If, if you all haven't listened to Lawrence Holmes on JJ's show, I did. Take, yeah. take the time to listen to those guys and listen to what they talk about. Yeah, those guys hit it right out of the park, and they've been killing it, man. Yeah. Thank God for you. Thank God for the people that like yeah. JJ and Lawrence to come together. And right. admit, you know, JJ even admit because I don't even know how to raise my child in this, you know. Right. What kind of how do how do I do better, you know? And I think that's where all of our approaches should be. And to see that throughout the media world, you know, it's like, you know, that even came up in Akeem's presser, you know. Who was was this JJ? Of the JJ had the best question of the day, and he just basically said, "Listen, I look on the Zoom call, and all the faces are white." He's like, "So nobody, I can speak for nobody who is sitting here ready to ask you questions, can understand what you are going through." So, not to be you know trite or whatever, but how are you? How are you dealing with this? You know, and you know that that's where Akeem kind of just really, and Akeem's very. Uh, you know, well-spoken, and I hate to say that, like I know that's kind of buzzy to to call a black person well-spoken, but he is for a football player, especially. He's a, thought, he's a thoughtful speaker. He's, he is an introspective, whip-smart speaker. Yes. Like he turns those reporters in knots when he wants to. The way he spins a phrase and his intonation and his sarcasm and his passive aggressiveness, I love him. Because that, I almost love him more in that way than I do as a player, and that's almost impossible because I love the dude as a player so much. But he's just—he's just a, a really—and and you said it, Jerry. He's the—he is the heart and soul of that team. Khalil Mack calls him Mufasa. Yep. Like there's no question who the leader like, of that team if is. Somebody as alpha as Khalil, Khalil Mack is calling you Mufasa. Like you got a. Gravitas to you, you know. I think Danny's right. Danny's right up there too, as far as a leader. Absolutely, and that's why he's back, and that's why I, that's why Kukowski was never gonna 
supplant Trevathan because Trevathan is, is a heart and soul leader of that team. You know, uh, he's a guy that even when he's hurt, just like with Akeem, he's still a team leader, you know, so whatever. But at the end of the day, like Akeem spoke really thoughtfully. And I just think it's interesting because social media is such a double-edged sword and you're seeing all these players and organizations and teams all sort of fall in line. And that's good to a point. And then it becomes, oh, it becomes trendy, it becomes hollow, it becomes repetitive. Um, you know, I've seen some some places who are now saying, not only do we believe Black Lives Matter, but this is what we have done right now. These are tangible actions that we have taken, you know, to... Uh, you know, for whatever, and this is what we're committing to, and that's you know that's, and I think that's where the NFL faced with their seventy percent black league <clears throat> saying to them, "No more, no more bullshit, cut the shit, this is what we want to hear. They said what exactly what they want to hear, and from what I hear, and I don't know if this is true, but there were I read there were rumors that all the owners didn't really know about <clears throat> Goodell. Saying when that he was gonna say that, I don't know if that's true. I'm sure there are some owners that are super oblivious. Well, Carolinas don't seem to be very oblivious. They dropped their sponsorship in a heartbeat because of some comments that they put out there. I mean, if you're you're throwing you're throwing money out because of it, I think that shows. I don't I don't I don't think he speaks without them knowing, man. There's... I agree. I agree. I, I do think time was of the essence, though, because it. I mean, that was quick. Yeah. That response was quick. Like, and I thought I, I thought he, what he said was right on point. Now, like we're talking about the actions need to line up with that though. He did. Right. It's time for, for rubber meets the road. It's time for, you know, proof in the pudding, et cetera, et cetera. But for a guy who often comes off as weird (laughs) in Goodell, I thought he gave a, a convincing performance. Now, um, you know, whether I believe what's going to happen when there are – because here's the thing is it's going to be when fans are in the stadium. The NFL can get around the other stuff. I think the biggest thing to remember, and I know people know this, but the whole national anthem thing from a TV standpoint was just a commercial. The armed forces paid the NFL to – advertise for them and do it. Yeah, we hit on that earlier. Yeah, used to the players used to never come out for it. No. And, and, and I think the bears get away with, um, their stance on it because they play in a place called soldier field. So I think that they, you know, obviously they, the bears play road games, but I think they can kind of almost use that as an excuse in a sense that like the bears, very stadium and and the things that they do are very much geared towards that. So you could ease much easier make the mental leap that making a, a protest during that right. is more offensive. Although again, it's like actual. What I, was, what I was telling Jared, I think initially, like we like you just said, I had mentioned earlier, this in a sense was a commercial. And when you're on your, when you're on company time, 
and you're pissing off a sponsor, I think that's initially what it was. The so guys don't do that because you're pissing our sponsor off. Exactly. But now it's like, fuck it. Like, right. do well, your thing. Now, this now, was now, wrong. That, now that everything's out of the barn, I mean, it's, it's – you can't – like – you're right, though. I mean, it, they are employees on the clock in that moment. I think that was the mindset when back when Cap started this. It was like, oh shit, we're gonna, you know. But now it's. But but again, it's like what protests are supposed to be disruptive. That's that's the thing about them. So you can't tell you can't tell Kaepernick when he can protest and when he can't protest. Now, the teams can, and they certainly did. Um, you know, or they tried, uh, and different teams made different things. But I mean, that's he, it. Back to, he was right, though. He was right. He was absolutely right. Now his his cause got kind of hijacked by by people blaming, you know, calling it disrespect to the flag, and then he made some missteps with some lashing out, you know, and kind of just not being real clean with his his imagery and his you know it wasn't it was a little sloppy let's put it that way but it definitely got the conversation started i think uh, it got bigger than he expected real like oh, very quickly and, got and, re- and, and, and you know you're not i mean not everybody's used to not everybody uh, sets out to be that type of a uh, a symbol or the center of a movement, you know, and I don't think he was necessarily ready for it. I think he's done pretty well since then. But again, this is not a, you know, this is not an evaluation of Kaepernick. The the issue is what's going to happen when we start back up. I feel like the league and the teams are going to have a hard time saying anything to anybody about anything. We did get some guidelines for the uh, training camp come from Goodell and the players union. They did make some agreements on protest. <clears throat> no, on the, on the COVID with oh, players right. coming back. Right. No. But, uh, but that's what I'm saying is I'm talking about protests. You think they can really say, I mean, they really can't say shit to anybody. If, it, if, if, no, Akeem Hicks, should they? if, no, I mean, if Akeem Hicks wants to come out, you know, in a full black Panthers gear with his fists in the air with a black leather glove, they, you know, they can't say shit to that dude. Like, as far as I'm concerned, well, that would be, that would be a uniform think, violation. Right. But I'm saying, like, <laughs> oh, thanks, Dad. <laughs> like, I don't think that'd be a great idea just from, you know, like an incendiary standpoint. But it is, it is kind of interesting that there's not going to be any fans. I don't think they're going to be going out of their way to broadcast the national anthem. Didn't they allow Beyonce to do that, like a Super Bowl halftime show, though? Yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty much something. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is that the league is always so damn hypocritical, and it's like they get you know, and so you know, it's like the, the some of the owners say this thing, and then this is this thing, and then the president says his crap, and it's like it's like they don't want to be about shit, man. They just want to be about money and football. They yeah, that's care. what I was telling Jay earlier. Trump's just pissy because he couldn't buy the bills. Still, yeah. Absolutely. And if I was like, no, we don't really want you to be an owner. <laughs> Right. Well, he just, you know, I mean, he just likes to flex. It's just, you know, he just yeah, it's, that's a different discussion. Just sets up, you know, just just inflames his supporters. Anyways, yeah. it's interesting Ugh. because because there's not going to be any crowd, and so I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I think that the players are going to feel that they want to and that they should make statements. 
you well, know. Well, then you got that hashtag. I was saying that earlier too. The hashtag boycott NFL. It's like that's real. That's real freaking ballsy, huh? They're not. We don't even know if they're letting people in. They're real, really uh, stepping up for your yeah, cause there, assholes. In 2016. Like, I mean, there was all sorts of that, and it's like, good luck, like, you know, like. Anybody that's that dialed into the NFL who actually would then say, I'm going to, is full of shit. Or they never watch it at all and they're just, you know, it's like, give me a break. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, you know, the, it's, 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 it's entertainment. You know, people always like rail on the WWF and the WWE, and I'm not obviously as big a fan as you guys of it are, are but... Yeah. Uh, no, I barely watched it anymore. I mean, when I was a kid, it was big. You were at a point pretty big fans of that, right? Yeah. yeah. As a kid, yeah, definitely. That different from the NFL. Like, ultimately. It's, it's, it's a big entertainment production. Uh, there happens to be a more specific game with rules in the NFL. And there's obviously the rules of the wrestling or whatever they say is going to happen. But other than that, like people act like, you know, WWE is like this circus and this, it's like the NFL is the same thing. I mean, the NFL is a lot closer to any given Sunday than it is to, you know, fucking like new Rockney and all that shit, you know, like yeah. let's be honest. Why would you bring up that loser? <laughs> Just some guy's got a freaking bought a new hat. I got a new Notre Dame hat, bud. Got a new Notre Dame hat. That's... I don't know why you hate so much, man. Uh, you know, so uh, I just hope that all this, as we've, I'm sure you said, and we said, just let's just hope that this is a catalyst for real change. We've seen mm-hmm. some change. Um, you know, if these guys don't get locked up, it's going to be a whole new ball of wax. And lots of stuff, you know, lots of stuff's going on. Lots of changes happening. I think we just need to, if you, if you want to, there's, you know, people say, be the change you want to see. You know what I mean? Don't sit and like, look for the change out there and be like, why isn't it changed? It's like, be the change. You know, you don't, don't get so concerned about who the damn president is. Who's your, who's your alderman? Who's your, you know, yes. you want, wanna, you, you, you pray the cops, like, Go to a CAPS meeting, you know, which is like the police, you know, and public, um, you know, they have them. They have them in every neighborhood. They have them in every neighborhood. Go and meet. Be, in, be involved in your local government. Meet the cops. Right. Well, that's the thing. Like you said. Oh, there I, we go. No, I, but like, like you said, like there's public safety committees in yeah. every town, in every city. The police chief shows up. The fire chief shows up. You can you can speak as as a taxpayer in your town or a resident in your town. There's always remarks from the public. You can get up there on recording with. There's always news reporters at these meetings. Local That's, news. They are, are assigned to these meetings. Very accessible. Right. Ask the questions. Right. State state how you feel. Right. The, uh, local politics has way more impact than focusing on Washington. Right. If we if we all if we all rise up and get involved locally, it will eventually push up. It's not going to trickle down to us. We got to push it up. Absolutely not. Like you have to, you know. It's like and people, you know, people complain and act like it's all Congress and and this that and the other. And it's like it is, but so much more could be happening around you. And like I said, just you know, like I guarantee you that 
cops would feel better if they had a better relationship with the communities that they serve. Like we may, we may be not training them enough, not training them right, putting them. I mean, you know, it's like that's a two. You know, people are complaining about the hours that police officers get. That sucks for them, <laughs> too. That's horrible for them. I mean, the, you know, this one of the guys, the Minneapolis police was on his first shift. George Floyd was his first shift as a cop. Wow. And another guy was on his like third day. And you got a 19-year veteran, Derek Chauvin. Like that's scary as fuck, you know? Like it, it, that 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 you have to that happens on your first damn shift or your third day. Like, I mean, it's nerve-wracking any job, <laughs> you know? I mean, 800 hours or 2,000 hours or 20 hours, whatever the training is, if you're nervous when your oh, first. Absolutely day of your job starts you know and i mean it's just yeah, like man but you also got a lot there's there's a lot hiding behind their badge thinking they're tough and oh absolutely there's, there's I'm a right lot no, of bullshit there too i know what they the say the guy had 19 marks against him yeah so like that's and that's a failure of <laughs> the oversight and it's a failure i mean it's just it's just there's a lot wrong with yes. a for-profit prison system that is fed by a police system that is all enabled by lobbyists and money and politicians that are bought and paid for. And it just goes, it's a cycle and a cycle and a cycle and a cycle. And then, you know, like, you get 800 hours of training. And then when you get on the first job, I guarantee you the shit is just like training day where it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All that other shit they told you. Now I'm going to show you how it really goes down. <laughs> now I'm going to show you how we really get through this cop shit. <laughs> and that's what happens. So, you know, people are freaking out about saying defund the police or whatever. And it's like, that doesn't mean to have no cops. That means that if an organization or a department is so corrupt, you just got to blow that shit up and start from scratch because you can't just keep injecting new people into the snake pit and hoping they come out, <laughs> you know, like, right. So that's what it is. I mean, I hope that real change happens, and I just hope that we all, like, I've seen a lot of people around the world get very motivated to be out there. Isn't that crazy, the worldwide response? I think that's probably... Those dudes in England threw that slaver guy's uh, statue into the damn river, like... You know, they're, I mean, in in tons of different countries, huge protests, not just small. Yeah, that, that police force in England, man, I guess they're trying to piss it off. It ended up running somebody over. I saw that video. Yeah, it's insane. And unfortunately, the sad part is that, you know, these are protests against police brutality, and they've resulted in a ton of police brutality. But, what you know, it, it, change has to come and... You know, it's it's not always pretty. But what I'm saying is that I, there's a lot of people out there, and they're motivated to be out there. And I hope that when everything simmers down for now, that they find ways to be the change, and they just own their government. You know, you know, you all love to bitch, but it's like it, you actually. You'd be surprised. In fact, Donald Trump was very surprised at how far he could get in government. <laughs> yeah. Most people would be surprised at how far they can get in government if they really want to, right. you know. 
Like if you just, you know, you know, one day you're like, oh, let me try to get on the, you know, this committee and let me get on this city council. And, you know, it's it's. Oh, I know. So people, yeah, exactly. So people can do it if they want to. It is my point. So you know, I hope that people will. Uh, it's it's odd to me, and here's I, I mean this. It's odd to me that sports has always been the great unifier. You know. On the surface, yeah. On the surface, it's always been the great unifier where everybody can get together and root for X, Y, Z. And it's kind of funny how sports is kind of once again, it's a unifier on a different level with the actual athletes the people actually coming out, being civic leaders, doing Mm -hmm. things out in public. And God, thank God they have the platform they do, you know? The Ocho brothers, man, couldn't Mm -hmm. ask for like two guys. Oh, Sam Ocho. And his brother. They did that. Stepping up. Yeah, they did that event uh, on the west side of Chicago. Yeah, Um, shout out to Mitch for showing up to that and Jason Hayward. Hey, Rob, yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing one thing Acho said, I mean, it was quoted, um, the state that America is in, we're divided. It seems like it's a white versus black problem, but it's, it really isn't. It's really an everyone versus racism, everyone versus hate, and everyone versus fear problem. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just that the end of the day there are people that are not that that still don't actually want to feel that those that's what's going on you know so you're gonna you but you don't change hearts and minds a thousand at a time you have to change them one at a time so i think that's the other thing is like you know work in your local government but also work in your sphere of influence you know like if you have that aunt <laughs> who's been saying yeah. Shit, since you were a kid, that's like, and she thinks it's all good because she's got black friends, you know, or black coworkers or whatever. Like, we're all we're all racist. We've all said racist shit. We've all done racist shit. We've and, and not like hardcore. I love black people. I love black music. I love black culture. I love black entertainers. I love black athletes. I love all of that. Black models, you know, I mean, like, all of it. Well, it's not even even white or black. There's there's subtle racism about other races, too. Yeah, it's it's all around. We all have implicit bias. We all have um, microaggressions or whatever the buzzword is that we do. You know, so it's like start with yourself. Look at what you can change. And check yourself on some things and then extend out. And if you learn something yourself, then maybe you can teach somebody else. We all you need know, to be better to each other. Don't, I, I don't think so. Yeah, don't be afraid to reach out to someone either if you don't know how to act or if you don't know. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. Well, I think that that's what's dangerous about the cancel, the cancel culture right now. And that kind of brings us back to Drew Brees is it's like – his, the players on this team are now saying, hey, like, we understand he he made a mistake, he apologized, and he's trying to see our point of view, and that's how we need to go, and we need to move forward. And I think Tony Dungy spoke really well on that right afterward and said, like, hey, you know what? Like, we got to throw our arms around this guy. You can't just cancel him. You know, he gave $5 million, to, and it's a money money, but Drew Brees is not a bad person. Like he he made he made a bad statement that didn't that that blew up in his face. He's not a bad person. Um, 
Yeah. So been there. I've made plenty of dumb statements. Yeah. So up in your face. So like I'm just saying like you know I think the cancel culture isn't isn't so great. I think it's fine to call people out if they're overtly like dangerously aggressively racist. That's fine. But if you just like are stupid and need to be corrected and most most of your body of work is cool and you're not like a, you know like an asshole then I don't think anybody should be canceling other people but that's what social media does so see he, I actually I actually spoke with a um, black friend of mine cuz I wanted his perspective on on Breeze and what he was saying you know mm-hmm. and he's like you know I'm not I'm not mad at Breeze I'm more mad I, I'm madder at Trump for making this protest look like it was a disrespect to the flag and and like f- creating that mindset mm-hmm. for people to even think that way. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's- well, and what's crazy is that soldiers most most of the soldiers I've heard speak about it don't care. They 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 talk about what Jerry said that that they fought for the right for people. Right. Yeah. Yep. It's like people co-opt Pat Tillman as this hero. Pat Tillman was not for the war. <laughs> Pat Tillman thought it was bullshit that they were still over there. But he was he was all about his duty and his loyalty. But Pat Tillman was not like a in favor of the war in which he died in friendly fire. Like but people act like every Veterans Day it's like let's all you know, or Memorial Day, let's all, you know, like throw Pat Tillman out there like he's, you know, well, yeah, you, you sign up, it doesn't matter what you what you think about What's going on? You gotta do. You gotta do your job. Fight for the guy next to you. You fight for that. I mean, that's what that's about. So, so the soldiers, they don't, they don't like get on that level with all the flag wavers and stuff because it's a job, and it has to be a job. Like to get through that, like you can't think that you're fucking Captain America and be like a functioning soldier. Like it's a different mentality. So, right. But yeah, I mean. I think sometimes we go overboard and we get more upset about things than people who have, you know, because black people have been in this fight their whole lives. So, like, when white people jump in and they're like, yeah, like, we're going to fight for you. Sometimes it's like, fucking calm down. <laughs> you know, like, oh, your first time here, I see. It's like, <laughs> like, chill the fuck out, white knight. Like, you, got this. you know, like, you know, like, ease it down. is encouraging, though. It is encouraging like, to see races. Molotov cocktails, like, fucking. Yeah, we, we don't have to burn everything. Well, and that's the thing is, like, how many times have you seen black protesters, like, stop breaking shit, you psychos? Like, right. You know, because it's like, white people are like, we want to cheer. Championships. Yeah, well, there's a video from a guy in Chicago saying it's all. I brought my dog for a walk, not realizing it was in my neighborhood, and it's all white people destroying shit. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, so yeah, I mean, as we said, it it's just another piece to this. I mean, sports is our church, man. Sports is. I mean, let's be honest. Sports is. Uh, uh, the sports heroes are our role models. There are a lot of people's parents on some level like surrogate parents you know a lot of people's father figures are nfl quarterbacks or nfl running backs or nfl are i mean even if they have fathers around they're not good fathers so they you know they their father figure is peyton manning or you know whatever i hope it's not eli manning 
but <laughs> Eli Fitz. Another thing, too, if you guys get the opportunity, um, or if you haven't yet, but Lamar Campbell was on with um, Thayer and Joniak. He's our uh, director of, of player engagement. Yeah, I guess he had a lot to do with the, the Zoom meeting that they had Monday, nice. um, last Monday. And uh, right. he, he deals with all these players on a personal level, and it was just really cool to to hear what he does and his perspective on things. I'm proud of the Bears. I'm proud of Nagy. Yep. I, I, I'm glad that John Fox is not the coach during all of this because I don't think this would be getting handled as well. I think okay. would, Lovey would be great at this. Lovey would be would be great. But Nagy, I think, is stepping up, and I think he's <clears> – <throat> He's genuine. People believe what he says. Like, he can do the coach speak, but you believe it. Like, you know, and I think I think he did what everybody has to do. And I said this last time we were talking about this is you, everybody needs to should do a lot more listening and less talking in this instance because it's not, you know, it's not – we're we're white. <laughs> like, oh, man, with Brittany Payton, that video, I played it in front of my kids and my wife. I was like – I was as a as a lesson like you do not you treat everybody equally like this is this is what what bad saying bad things to people this is the effect it mm-hmm. you got you know like we got to treat everybody with respect and everybody's equal like I can't believe that happened to her like I can I can't man. I can because people are by and large Ass. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, unfortunately, that, at, at just like stopping at a pharmacy, I mean, like man, come on! I don't care who's in the car. I don't. It's care. crazy. I mean, that it, is crazy. It, but but this this environment has given people the 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 license to get wild with this. You know what I mean? People are feeling their feeling themselves to. I mean, that almost is like a form of protest for that person. Not that it's okay. But, at all. I guess it just hit home because it's Walter's daughter. Like that's my yeah, but that's, but that's again, my guy. I I know, but but again, like there are a lot of racist people in the Chicago area. Yeah, um, but regardless of who it was, it just brought more attention to it because I oh I yeah saw, saw it on Twitter because it's Brittany Payton. But who I mean, it's just had, it's just horrible, man. Like the, the people are still in that mindset, like in, in 2020. It's I mean, you're product, unbelievable. We're product of our environment, and that's what I'm saying. Like the insulated environment. Unfortunately, right now, you can create your own echo chamber of media, yeah. so you don't have to, you know. And I think that's one of the worst. Like I was thinking about this. I don't know if I mentioned this before, but like it's one of the worst things about our times right now, and we're old enough to know the difference. Is that there's not an evening news to watch. No, because you can't trust any of it. Because they discredit it. But I don't – the thing is that and, – and I think that that's – that's we let politicians do that. We let politicians Correct. destroy our trust in the media, and, and, and they did it to make the, to, to remove the media as a check and balance. So now the media is no longer a check and balance of any – now I, you can make lots of arguments about whether they ever were and this, that, and the other. I don't know. There's agendas on every single side. There's no straight news. Right, but there's – there used to be when it was like Tom Brokaw and Dan Rather, and, and people will say it was all white news. I get it. But there used to be to me, and maybe it was because I was a kid or whatever, but I felt like there used to be more of like a – an accountability. Yeah, or like a – yes, it was more of a – Less social media. 
Well, number one, they had time to get the story right. And sometimes maybe they had time to make up a story people would say the devil's advocate. But but in reality, you know. We were just young and naive, bro. During this integrity, they, they had time to make it right. Um, you know, but now we see news happen live in real time. And, and we can even affect it. That's what's crazy is that the, the this is what I think is kind of the most interesting thing about what's going on now is the pri- the protests are speaking and Twitter is speaking back to them and and social media is speaking to other parts of social media and then those media engines are driving their content and then it's a circle like so Mm-hmm. As much as no, you can say, oh, social media doesn't matter. Social media, it does matter. It, like, it's driving what we see. You know, I mean, you got and, the reporters getting down like into these protests. Like, they're, they're trying to beat out social media. Yeah. Uh, oh, like, oh, you're still. It's almost like similar to like training camp, where like guys bring no. their phones and, and they record stuff. The teams are like, no, 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 no. This is our content. <laughs> they're competing with people online. Absolutely. And and so it's happening real time and you're really, you know, you're you're consuming it real time and so there's no time for that. Like we wouldn't even want to uh, you know, watch that because it's like dude, we already saw it. Like what fuck you talking about? You know, you get it wrong. I saw it happen, you know. Um yeah, it's like it's, the only it's, thing that it reminds me of is remember Desert Storm when there were all those embedded reporters mm-hmm. and they would go and, and see that's like <clears throat> that was such a different time and I don't think people remember that but remember when we all sat around the TV and watched Desert Storm every night yeah we watched and we like rooted for missiles to hit shit like do you remember that <laughs> that was a crazy time we would watch those grainy like tomahawk missile video like clips you know and like be like yeah and just like assume that oh you were the collector cards but yes wasn't it like tops put them out storm cards absolutely and that you know it was like i mean it was like well, we were raised on gi joe you know that was a different time man like they could have yeah. showed us anything and we would have ate it up you know, now the war is wars or whatever that are going on, are like fought by drones, you know, and and soldiers for hire and like whatever. But it all happens like in real time. And that's what's crazy is that like people can really affect what goes on. You know, if somebody with two million followers tweets out something's about to happen here, it's going to like people are going to react to that. You know, like it's wild. So I, I it's and realistically, like, if the people were able that videotaped the George Floyd murder, mm-hmm. they they could have affected it too, and they did. They did. They did. Don't get me wrong. Right. But how do you, you know, I think that's been a point that's been made is that, well, why didn't they stop him? It's like, well, you've got four armed cops. Yeah. It's all, what do you do? For own life. That's why. It's easy for us to to sit back and not being there, be able to say what we would have done. I I mean, and you don't know, you don't know what, honestly, you don't know what happened. You walk up to the situation and you see four cops on top of a very large man. You didn't necessarily catch the whole thing because the video starts, he's already on the ground. Now that we can see on the security camera, some other things that happened, 
But if you just walked up to that and you saw that, your first thought honestly would be, what the fuck did that guy do? Right. So you're sitting there thinking, you've already cast judgment. Whether white, black, purple is dangerous because four cops are holding him down. That's your first thought. And then you start to go, oh shit, hold on, he's black. Maybe it's not, he's not that dangerous. And then you start to realize, oh shit, doesn't seem like he's even resisting. Why are they on? Yeah, the way that cop looked up though, that, that, that point, I mean, I wanted to reach through the phone and punch him. Oh, it's disgusting. The guy's a sicko. The guy's a sick bastard. The, the dude's saying, I can't breathe. Knock it off. There's no need. He's not fighting. Like, it, it was just ridiculous, man. Like, the dude, dude uh, that look on that cop's face, man. Ah, he's a killer. He's, he's a piece pull, of shit. Uh, yeah. killer. Uh, you know, what's crazy is that, like, he went to, I went to, um, this thing in the park, like three blocks from my house is like our neighbors sent us a thing. It was like, um, you know, a eight, we're there at eight o'clock or everybody's going to come into the park and they're going to kneel for eight minutes for George Floyd. And it was kind of weird. Like, to be honest, like it was a little disorganized and like, <clears throat> like all these people, families like milling around with masks on. And my friend, my son's like seeing his, his friend that he hasn't seen in, you know, three months. And, and they, you know, they're like sitting on the grass, both in their masks. And I was just like, this is bizarre. And we sort of didn't really know what was going on. But then all of a sudden, like eight o'clock comes and people just start kneeling and everybody kneels and everybody's quiet. So probably like 75 or so people, maybe a hundred people were all in the park kneeling for eight minutes. And that was a, that took four Ever, dude, that eight minutes felt like an eternity. My knee was in pain. Like, I was just like, what the fuck? Like, this is the longest. I had to pull out my phone. I pulled out my phone, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, how long has it been? It had been three minutes. Like, I was like, bro, you know, like, I like, like I just I can't even imagine that. I can't imagine the 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 girl filming it for that long and I maybe it went by faster at that moment but like I can't imagine like and then they eight, eight no I think it was nine minutes by the time it was done it was eight minutes and forty six seconds or whatever and we all sort of got up and it was kind of like I felt like okay was well, somebody gonna say something now or like what what is it and you know and everybody was just kind of quiet and they just sort of went about their business. And I I don't know whether it was effective or whatever, but it did make me think like just the just to be silent for eight minutes isn't easy. To kneel and be silent for eight minutes is <laughs> not easy. No. I mean, my son was like, "Daddy, my hip hurts, my knee hurts." I'm like, "You're eight, dude." <laughs> I feel, kid, I barely got up after this shit. Eat some fresh skillet bacon, you'll be all right. <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> you know, like that was hardcore. Like, I was like, you know, so I don't know. Like, I mean, just the act of that. But you know, the whole time I was just like thinking about like, it, it worked. If you're thinking about it, it worked. Yeah, and the fact that exactly sometimes, sometimes in silence, just just showing reverence and and being able to to think. I mean, silence is a beautiful thing nowadays because there's so much coming at us so fast. 
Yeah, it's so precious. To just, go, to just go out and be around people right now and be able to take that moment and reflect and hopefully get up off that and be a better person. It's very symbolic. Yeah, well, it was weird, too. I mean, it was honestly, like, strange to be in a park with a bunch of people. It's a like, different feeling. Like, it was like, and you could feel that everybody had this sort of, like, you know, 10-foot bubble around them kind of feeling and people were there with their kids and the kids are wearing masks or like bandanas or whatever and it was just like this is weird i really hope yeah that. but there's a lot being said there without saying it no it is i mean I'm, i think that the moment was really good i'm just yeah. saying that the, the beginning and the end of it was just it felt very awkward and that's okay well, yeah, you guys have been trapped in your house because of the virus and now yeah. everybody's out and then it's like yeah there's I mean, that awkward kind of pause yeah, I mean, and for the last, you know, not only for the last three months, but we stuck inside, but to be honest, for the last 10, you know, however many days, or maybe four or five days of the of the protest, a lot of people in Chicago have been nervous, you know, not sure if, if the protest is, is going to be in your neighborhood and is it going to be, is it going to be peaceful or not, you know, you, you don't know. And so... You know, there's that feeling, too, where it's just kind of like I kind of felt like, are the cops going to roll up on us right now? Because I guarantee you there's not supposed to be this many people in this park right now, you know, <laughs> like like or whatever. Like I was like, is this going to turn into, you know, like something? So it is just, it is interesting. I mean, I just feel like, you know, I hope we can all take this and use it for something good. I mean, and not everybody's going to do that. Not everybody's going to even come close, but if, if enough people do, maybe we change a little bit and, you know, I mean, it, it, that's more than nothing. Definitely, man. I got a question for you too. Have you guys, have you had, um, Robert Schmidt on Halitech? And you, you guys talked to a lot of Windy City Gridiron. He, he has that um run pass option page on his, on YouTube. Mm-hmm. He did an awesome breakdown on Foles, man. Like the guy, like that's that's when people can do that with tape, and you actually learn something, and you're not just getting bullshit. Right. It's very, he he killed it, man. Like that. He the breakdown basically, kind of just like saying how Foles is an he kind of he's a quarterback that's he, he's an offensive reflective QB. I mean, okay. And he. He works. He, reads he works fast. He can well. Make if you have reads. good talent around him, he'll produce. Yes. The talent is what kind of shines with him. He know he's a touch touch thrower, so he throws the the right ball at the right moment to get that that if it needs to be thrown in, zipped in there, he'll zip it in. If it's a touch pass, he'll just put it in, make it catchable. But it's almost like at the same time, it feels like a normal Chicago. Bears QB move too because it's like yes he can do this he can do this but the way he extends plays is he camps in the pocket yeah. a little too long so he's a sitting duck at the same time so like it's yeah. almost like you wish you wish Mitch could have Foles' mind or Foles could have Mitch's legs there's always something there you know what I mean it's just like it's gonna be very interesting to see how this plays out though but and that's our what offensive we call a line transition folks. Well, our offensive line <laughs> – no, no, I'm just saying. Our offensive yeah. line really needs to step up if Foles is going to be the guy because they need to keep him clean. Well, the the one thing that he also points out is he makes line adjustments too. Yes. And well, that's, that's the thing, thing is that a quarterback can help an offensive line a lot. That's yes. why I said Daniels would be center if Foles is a quarterback. Right. 
they're supposed to help the offensive line. I mean, that's that's the reality of it. Is they're they're supposed to because the the guard can't maybe can see the whole defense. The center can't see the whole defense. He can't see shit. <laughs> like you know, like he can see the box. And obviously they get good at at you know looking through legs and like seeing you know oh is that the safety is that the you know like whatever but like they need the quarterback to see and recognize and diagnose like I mean the quarterback has the play that's their whole fucking job so if you put them in a bad play it's just like damn Tecmo Bowl the defense picked it and everybody crashes through you know like I mean you gotta have a fast read and get rid of it yeah there were times that that's how it looked last year James Daniels would literally get like as if they picked the play in Tecmo Bowl and the defense just ran his ass over yeah but like with Foles too like you gotta remember that Philly offensive line was really good really good tight end yeah solid run game good receivers like we, well, we, we got some, an all-world tight end now, right? Well, we yeah, absolutely. But we don't know. Sure, man. We we don't know. There was so much blame going around. How good is our receiving core as a whole? I, what we think? We think it's going to be really good. We don't know. Our offensive line still suspect. These these things really need to come together for a guy like Foles to succeed. Absolutely. Well, here's here's the here's the fun Bears fans is that once again the only thing we can count on is the defense. Yeah, I mean, this is we should be used to that feeling. We I mean, just need an average offense, like five points more a game. Decent, chasing decent. Pretty healthy, decent. That's it. I just said, like what I think Foles can do is let me get that. Mm. Make <laughs> what, what what and what will what will ultimately be the difference is if all Foles does is hit the throws that Mitch misses, we'll be in great shape. Oh man, could you imagine? If if he just hits those throws, those you know that one touchdown to a to Anthony Miller or to Allen Robinson a game, possibly two that Mitch misses, uh, it's a game changer. I mean it's a game changer. I'm not I'm by no means do, does any Bear fan or should any Bear fan think that Foles is going to go out and throw for 475 yards and you know be like amazing or anything no, like, like 230 to 240 per game. Like yeah, Smith but like it's probably more realistic. It's, it's about those times when you need a first down, and just to give the defense a rest. And you can't. He's quick with it too. Third and eight, and you need a back shoulder throw to a wide receiver along the sideline, and he can throw it there. Yeah, and he's quick with his decision making too and processing. And ultimately, as with any offense, but especially with a, with Nagy's offense, the receivers and the quarterback have to trust each other. Someone's got to be in the right place. If you're going to run a a complicated route, a double move, you know, something, you you want to feel like if you do it and you're open that you get the ball. I mean, receivers get frustrated. You know, even Tyreek Hill gets frustrated. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like Randy Moss gets frustrated and he has Tom, you know, at times it's like, dude, come on. Like you had time. Why didn't you hit me? You know, and I think that's what should be to the credit of this receiving core is they really didn't turn on Mitch. So, I mean, that we know of, yeah. Right, and we would. I think we would know of it. I think you know there was a couple things. There was that one Anthony Miller video, yeah. And Tariq, I think 
you know, I'm sure in his heart of hearts is tired of getting the ball behind the line of scrimmage and then getting drilled. Not to know that <laughs> Fools can hit his guy in stride. Right. Yeah, just well, that, that was something we thought we would get from Mitch coming out. You know, he was he was touted as the accurate quarterback. Remember? Right. That's what's the weird is I didn't think we were getting Tim Tebow tart part two. Well, yeah, sure he, he, you, you, you called it his his uh, second year. Yeah. Well, and guess who else called it? John Fox. <laughs> yeah. John Fox is like, all right, this is the guy they got us. I can win with him. I did it before. You're only throwing eight times, though, kid. Okay, go get him. Fucking like he tried, yeah. It is crazy. But the thing with Foles, man, he's like he he had one of the slowest forty times at the combine when he's coming out. Like this is not an athletic dude. Like that's what he's speed. Yeah. I mean, Peyton Manning and. Ain't Manning in athletic either. He's just, yeah, if Fools can get away, he just has to get the ball out quick, and he, he can do that. But the, there's accuracy issues with Fools too. They're not as consistent as Mitch, but like he misses receivers too. Sometimes the receivers have to make a play on the ball with him, so that they're gonna have to be. Oh, Fools is gonna throw some bad interceptions, like probably worse than Mitch. I just hope he makes enough good plays to make up for it, because Mitch doesn't try. I think Mitch, on the one hand, is not allowed to take shots, but he also yeah, will take them. Mitch is afraid to take shots. Mm-hmm. Foles will take three, four shots a game, and there'll be a couple that get that get picked off every other game. I guarantee you. Like, it's just, but you know what? Like, if you could throw a sixty-yard interception and there's no return, I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world. It's not good. But if you're gonna do that, I would I would take a 60 yard interception with no return over a third three and out. Well, that's the thing too. You got you got to keep the defense you got to keep the defense honest so there's a threat of that. So even if you're attempting it, it opens like up your run game. At least prove that you know that, that you're gonna try that and that you can throw it downfield. At least it's in the back of the defense's mind. You know, like if you're so predictable that they know that everything's it's an under seven yard curl, you know, then you're dead in the water. Like, right. and that's as, what happened. It just snow, well it just run, yeah, it's like you might as well run four go routes and throw it down the field twice a game just because, <laughs> you know, but they never did that. And that's what be interesting is like, do we have the guys to even do that? Because I, I don't. Ted Ginn's old. Darnell Mooney. We'll see. Did you see him on, you see him on the uh, Brawl's uh, uh, play, play Call of Duty or whatever? Yeah, they did a little Don't sound so excited. So, yeah, the <laughs> healthy <laughs> Anthony Miller. I watch Twitch. Um, yeah, Anthony Miller. Healthy Anthony Miller. That's the big question. Healthy. So, yep. Is he healthy? I think he's going to be healthy. Um a guy like a guy like Wims may have more of a role too if Foles is the guy because he does like tall receivers. And I honestly think a lot of people are assuming they're that Wims are really. I think they're keeping seven receivers. I mean, unless there's some some issue, I think you're gonna see one less tight end this year or one less offensive lineman because. Um, yeah, but we can afford to cut like three tight ends actually. Yeah. Well, they, yeah. I mean, that's everybody's favorite thing. Oh, the Bears have 11 tight ends. No, they don't. <laughs> like, shut up. It's a nice. Yeah, this is just, some of them are camp bodies. 90-man roster. 
Well, we get the fuck out of here. So like, I just think like they're going to, I think they're going to keep more receivers because it's really, and it's going to be hard to cut any of those guys. I don't, I don't think any of, once you get past Miller or any, you're not going to cut Ginn. You just brought him in. Like, I've seen people saying that they think Ginn will will get cut. I'm like, why? How? That's not going to happen. I've also seen people think that Ginn's going to start, and I don't see that. But. I think he's going to get more snaps than people think. I'll be honest. I think I think that he is going to beat out Wims or Ridley for more snaps than people are expecting. He was on the field for half of the Saints' snaps last year. He's just not okay. consistent well, with his hands. Let's go over-under. Over-under 50% of the snaps. I think – Ah, uh, uh, push. <laughs> uh, I'll say over. You're gonna take the over, Brian. Under. There's too many. There's too many I'm gonna things that Nagy's gonna want to try, especially with Cordero, and you, you don't. He's gonna be lining people up all over the place. It's Foles. It depends who's quarterback too, though, because if it's Foles, Nagy's gonna be trying to prove that I can run my shit now. Why? But that's see, that's why I think it is gonna be Foles because you go out and you go out and get. More toys if it's gonna be Foles. You know what I mean? Like if if you're if you have the year that Nagy and Mitch had together last year, are you gonna go out and like get you know toys? No. You're gonna try to figure out how to you know. The only toy you'd be getting is Cam. I just think what's <laughs> I just think what's weird is that you have that you have that and then you simultaneously thinking that they're gonna be in a lot more two tight end, 12 personnel this year. We'll see how that happens. I just feel like that a lot of what Nagy likes to run comes out of that. I mean, remember when Trey Burton was going good? It was Trey Burton and Shaheen. You do see a little Komet and Graham going. I can see that. Absolutely. You're going to see it. I think you're going to see a lot of it. I think initially you're going to see Holtz and Graham. J.P. Holtz and Graham. Or Demetrius, Demetrius Harris. It's going to be Demetrius Harris Demetrius or Holt as inline tight end, and then you're going to have Graham in the slot. Or, you know. How long do you think before Jair's rocking a combat jersey? I don't know. How long does it take to get him from China? <laughs> <laughs> Fresh from Rona. Five, six weeks? <laughs> I mean, you know. Thank you. Yeah. the 85 Bears replay. No, I didn't watch it. Oh, I watched it. Man, Wilbur Marshall was so underrated on that defense. God. Well, he's always the – every time they do the best of the best, everybody, you know, that's like everybody's little go-to. Like, I'm – you know. But, yeah, he was a badass. He just didn't get – he didn't have enough of a time on the team. No, nope. sure didn't. But that it was cool to watch. Was, it's like, hey, that's... that defense was just badass. Yeah, it's like – I mean, intimidation – yeah. You know, we, we had talked about, you know, the drive away from 85, and I, I it was just, it was cool. I, I'm glad that it came up this week on national TV so people could actually see it. You know, there's a whole generation, like, we grew up on that. There's a whole generation of kids that their best recollection of the Bears is a 2006 team that fumbled it away, you know? Yeah. So now they can actually see it's like, hey, this team – Top to bottom, whooped New England's ass all day. Like, well, and and it, it was good in that it wasn't because the NFC Championship game that year was ugly. Mm-hmm. Like it was the Rams a, or the Rams? The Rams. 
Rams. It was ugly. I mean, you know, if you remember, Walter didn't have a good game at all. Like, they really couldn't get anything. Patriots were way out of their element, too. They did, oh, they did the one job they had to do, and they beat the It should have been the Dolphins. I mean, yeah. that's only – that's the only regret is that how as great as eighty five was, if they had beaten those dolphins, whoo, that would have been like that would have been so great. Like to you know, I mean, the dolphins obviously shit the bed beforehand, but like to to have that matchup and if the Bears dominated the Dolphins like that, because that's that's the only thing that tarnishes that Super Bowl is that the Patriots were a trash team. Yep. Like, literally, I don't know anybody from that team other than, like, Tony Eason. Irving Fryer. <laughs> okay, there you go. There you go. Like, I don't know who their running back was. I don't know who, who you know, like – I don't know. Yeah, the earliest running back I remember with them was John Stevens. That's I mean, your just, neighborhood. Just so. Absolute no name team going against Hollywood Rockstar 85 Bears who backed it up on the field times 25, you know, like, it just. Well, there's a documentary on them. Grogan, Grogan, right? Was the quarterback. There was a couple of them in that game. Yeah. <laughs> Eason, I think. I don't know. Yeah. Who even cares? Right. I'm just saying it would have been cool to crack Marino's ass. If you're on Amazon that, Prime, yeah. uh, the 85 team is on there. It's a good little documentary. It shows uh, them yeah, getting to go to the I, White I House. They're going to put on Prime. I ended up buying it when it first came out there you go. on Prime, but they, it wasn't free for Prime. Right. It is a good documentary, though. Yeah, it shows them getting to the White House with Obama, and it was, it was really cool. So if you get a chance, go peek it, if you haven't already. If you're like us, you've seen it. Yeah, a dude with a barbed wire tattoo, man. Everybody's kind of giving him a hog uh, too. Yeah. Who that? Earl Locker. Yeah, well, he had a... <laughs> Can't get a Is, he the, worst? Is he the worst? He was in the Trump's was in Trump's office like like a month ago, and everybody's trying like he's trying brother, to get Casey yeah. off of his uh, corruption or his it, it, whatever the hell he's going on. Because is he the not? He's got to be like I don't. I want to say the worst, but I don't think it's. I'm just gonna say the worst. Post retirement Hall of Fame player that the Bears have ever had. I mean, he, he kind of gives the FU to the 100-year celebration. He, yeah. does it, he says what he says. That was diarrhea. Come on, man. Yeah. Right, sure. Right. I mean, his relationship, I mean, I don't know. It's really disappointing in his post-playing career how things have happened, in my opinion. Maybe that's too strong of an opinion. I don't know. Well, he also felt he also felt slated on the way out the door. Yeah, they treated him like shit on the way out though. Mm-hmm. Like honestly, like I felt like they did him kind of dirty. Um, I, I can get I can get down with that, but like let's not you know like they, they didn't need to 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 send him packing the way they did. No, and don't get me wrong, I ain't doing anything with my Urlacher jerseys. They're still in there. No, <laughs> but I'm, I'm just saying, saying it's there's like, there's a little bit of that. That goes on. The I mean, PR that he has given himself has not been very favorable. 
a couple of times where he had big opportunities. But but I'll tell you, he's pretty tough one. Like, he's also really, how how many Bears Hall of Famers have been exposed to social media the way he is too? He's like the first of that wave where he's still who, who was he's it? still like, relevant. He's none of I mean you, if some of those guys from the '85 team if they had to deal with Twitter, it wouldn't have went over well. Well, so and he, even if his post was him, that that he commented on, let's in case people Grand haven't Hill. seen it. Brand Hill. So so, Brand Erlacher commented on a post by Grant Hill on Instagram, and I don't know if Grant Hill has a private profile before or it was, but I went to check in and it wasn't private. It was private, so you couldn't see it. So Erlacher commented on a post like basically Grant Hill made a post after. Trump gave that, um, you know, speech where he's talking about, you know, shooting looters, you know, whatever. Um, and, and Erlacher made a comment like, what's, you know, because Grant Hill's post was like, 2020, get the vote, you know, like, we got to get Trump out of here, kind of is his post. And Erlacher made a comment like, what are you talking about? He's bringing our country together, like, blah, 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 blah. Like, that was what it was. So it was like everybody kind of felt like, whoa, Trump's being crazy. What's he talking about when the looting starts, the shooting starts? Like, hold the fucking phone. And Erlacher's, like, sitting there like, yeah, you know, and he commented on, you know, this thing. And, of course, social media sleuths like they are snatched it up and was like, oh, shit. But he's Teflon, man. I'll tell you what. He doesn't, like – as much as I guess I, I guess I have to remember that the freedom of speech also applies to him too. But he really he really is that. Even though I don't like of, it, he's he's the first of the younger generation of play. I mean, the last big name to go. Orlando Pace wasn't really a bear that long. I mean, Richard Dent, I think was the last big name to go in the hall before Erlacher. Like Erlacher is still relevant in this day and age in their social media. Yeah. So like as far as saying like who's the Worst post Hall of Fame. He's the first one where like social media is really, really big. But I would say that Jared, that let the let the litmus test of his post career be the fact that he's in the Hall of Fame, like on the first ballot. Now, since he's gotten into the Hall of Fame, I'll agree he's been a little cringy at times. That hundred year thing was pretty disappointing. We found you were you were in the mall, right? Near the, we were right near the event yeah. center when we found out on Twitter. It was like, holy shit. I mean, he's 0 for 2. I mean, he did come to the field on his bobblehead day, right? And he was there for that. Yeah. So, but you look at, like, you look at the whole 06 team, right? Right. I mean, he's the best of, like, I mean, Forte's works with NBC Sports Chicago, but he's salty. He's not a, he's not a, he's not a, a he's you know, he's around, but he's not, like, there all the time. He's not rah-rah. Forte is not 06, though. Forte wasn't. Oh, you're right. Thomas Jones. Uh, Thomas yeah. Jones. But of that era is what I'm talking about. Right. Like, that okay. era. But I'm Which, talking about, like, honestly, yeah, like Thomas Jones not. Thomas Jones not being there at the 100 year kind of pissed me off, too, to be honest. I don't, I think, he, I don't think he was invited. Well, and, and I don't – like I have a hard time believing that the Bears are that petty. Like I don't, I don't believe they are. I think they would have, they they would have wanted him there. I think that it got screwed up and then pride got in the way. 
Like, I think they legitimately screwed it up, and then both of those two sides' pride fucked it up. Back to the original point with Urlacher, you know, it's just... Cringy is a great word for it. I think that's the best way you put it. It's just like... The hair... Like, honestly, the whole hair thing is like, dude, once you... Like, could you imagine if Michael Jordan came out and got a rug? All of a sudden, (laughs) it's like, bro, we... That's your head! Didn't Dion get one? Dion, no. Yeah, yeah, I think Dion got a rug. Dion had, Dion had to have some work done, I think. Well, well that's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. And, and and honestly, like... It's the outward. I get it. I just feel like that guy... Like, Jordan's head is Jordan's head. It's bald. We've embraced it. That is the deal. Yeah, Erlacher with some pubes on the top of his head. This doesn't... Yeah, it doesn't... <laughs> that was, like, you, you know, like, we ain't putting that thing on your Hall of Fame bust either. Like, I don't know what that is. Like, so that was, like, the first thing where I was just like, oh, all right. And and when you're here, the billboards are just, like, invasive. Everywhere. They like, are. they're just... You drive on the expressway, and it's like, oh, Like, if I have to see freaking, you know, like, Mark Grace and... No, not Mark Grace. Uh, Sandberg, Rhino, and and freaking Erlacher again selling me hair... Hair? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. It's a whole thing, man. So, it's already been... It's, it's already been a year since the 100 year. Can you believe that? No. Yeah, I mean, it's been a weird year. It hasn't really been a great year <laughs> since then. Yeah. <laughs> safely say that. We got six more months of 2020. It's full yeah. 2020 for reals, kids. Yeah. yeah. NBA starts soon. I can't actually, well, soon enough. I'd like, I can't wait for sports. I'll just, okay, just, yeah, just try and see another Peloton race. I'm going to fucking lose my mind. <laughs> I'd rather watch those marble races than Peloton races. You've seen it! Yeah! Yes! It's like a <laughs> marble track that they cut out of the dirt. The shit is like, it's actually really, hey, look it up on YouTube. Just, just Google marble races. It's like marble it's, racing versus meets MXC from back yeah. in the spike days. Is yeah. it like Marble Madness? Remember that video game? Yes, it is kind of like Marble Madness. I love that video game, actually. I downloaded, I downloaded like 300 NES ROMs and and hacked my Wii so that I can play them. I don't the sound the phrase "hacked my Wii" is like big pause. <laughs> um, the I didn't bob it myself. I I uh, I got my Nintendo Wii to be able to play these NES ROMs. Yeah, are so many weird ass games like 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 the, just the weirdest fucking games I've never even heard of like that's what they do they they put a lot of filler in there but they'll put some big titles in too yeah i mean i didn't pay for it it was free no it's a patch like you download so many games yeah like it just all you know just all came like it was like 300 i mean some of these games I was just like what what is this playing this game called Snow Bros. It's like you're like this little guy that builds a snowball and throws it at these like demon things. But it's kinda of like bubble bobble um, Like Commodore sixty four style? No, better than that. Like the it's a it's NES. It's it's eight bit. It's not like Commodore Commodore I, I never liked those. I, I like I had a Atari twenty six hundred 
I used to play pole position and spy. Yeah. I like my, I like my Coleco vision. Like asteroids till my finger bled, dude. I say like I remember somebody had a Commodore 64 and they were playing games and I was just like, that looks lame. <laughs> like, yeah, like I it was there was some whack shit on it, but like uh, the, my my first system was that um that Coleco Vision. Yeah, I never played that. It had like Donkey Kong Zaxxon. It was just like a little nub controller. It was really. I had the full. I had the full Atari. Did you? It was beautiful. Oh yeah. Kids don't know the struggle of having to screw a thing into it so you could hook it up to the back of the TV. Oh, yeah, the little forks. <laughs> the little, yeah, the little forks on it. And you're like, you're, you're looking at me like uh, you don't know what I'm talking about. So, <laughs> hook up your, your, your Atari, you had to hook it up to the little screws on the back of the TV. Remember that, Diddy? Yeah. You had, like, if you were cool, you had the little RF switcher box thing yeah. so you could just, like, switch back to the, to the TV. Yeah, I also remember having to stick pencils in my original the original NES because that the thing that held the games down would loosen yeah. up at overtime. You you just have to like jam a pencil in there to get the freaking game held down. You have to clean it with rubbing alcohol and shit. But my son, my son now like he doesn't even know what DVDs are. Like he he's been playing the Wii and, and he and he you know he's like the daddy that disc doesn't work and I'm like why and he's like you know he says doesn't read it and I pull it out and it's like all smudgy i'm like are you touching the plane surface and he's like what like yeah. he doesn't understand you know he's like he doesn't get any of that yeah they're like, kind of spoiled now with the freaking like, like i remember watching my parents like holding or my mom holding records you know what i mean and like mm-hmm. like you know, you had it was like a fucking process just to listen to a damn song and fucking get the record out of this cardboard sleeve and then the paper and then you put it down and you fucking move the needle over and you're like, I mean, you're like a goddamn scientist to play fucking six songs and then you gotta flip it over and do it all again. <laughs> it's like our kids now actually live in a world where they talk to a computer. Yeah. And it plays or shows them anything they want to see so that's the thing look how far we've come technologically let's do that let's do that same thing with humanity hey hey Uh, good job i'm just saying man where to full circle it but i just sometimes it's like crazy to think about that like the amount of shit that my kid's ipad can do if you gave me that when I was his age at eight, I would have sort of blown my mind. I had to, 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 if I had an iPhone in high school, that would not have been good. No. No. <laughs> it would have been disastrous. I'd be like this now. I don't do shit. <laughs> like, uh, I, need, I need to go to the bathroom again. No. Sorry. Like, <laughs> my girlfriend had her daughter over today and – I was trying to explain a world without the internet, and it was just like, God, I feel so old. It's like trying to explain it. She just kind of looked at me like, you actually had to dial the numbers and hold on to this thing with a cord. It's like, yeah, this. Sometimes how I miss that. Oh man, sometimes I miss it. Oh, it's simpler. There were simpler times back in those days, hey, you know. Now you got, get you off guys my lawn. Any young guys listen to this? But these <laughs> Man, old like, fuck. You would just find different shit to get. You know, you would just get find different shit to to stem out on. Really, I mean, you know, people are like, you, you always see those pictures people show like 
everyone's looking at their phones on the train. It's like, well, a hundred years ago, they all had the fucking newspaper like this. Yeah. Like, okay, <laughs> that's cool. But I mean, at the end of the day, like that's where you drink it. We, we've always been that way. Like, you know, we're just we we always need of a distraction and it's kind yeah, of, I mean, get, look at gorillas. Like, you go see gorillas in the zoo. Most of the time, they're just sitting there looking at shit, looking at their thumbs, looking at some food. Like, I mean, if you gave a gorilla an iPad, shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then they get if, you gave, if you gave them an oven or a skillet, yeah. which would they make the bacon in? Oh, they put it in the You're skillet. You're losing, by the way. The skillet in the... I don't care because people... <laughs> They don't even realize that their air fryers are ovens. Like your air fryer is a fucking oven with a fan on it. Like it's a it's a French oven made small and, and electric and put onto your fucking desk your countertop. That's what that is. Like Dude, people the are bacon like, the bacon in the oven is is really good. It's it's not only is it really good, it's just smart. Like if that's all it is, you know, like, I mean, if your whole house doesn't stink like it, like it, yes. and it cooks it way oh, better. It's a terrible smell. Freshly cooked bacon. I know it's no, your house still smells like bacon, but, but it, there's not like bacon grease spattering everywhere. Right. Like, and that's, what's, what's nice about it is that you get all this bacon. It's all cooked evenly. It's all cooked the same. It doesn't same. shrink. It doesn't shrink nearly as much. Like, you know, and then you have it all. Like you have the whole pound of bacon cooked at the exact same time, right away at your disposal. You can eat it then. You could save it for later. You mm. can whatever you want. I mean, in the restaurant industry, you cook sheet pans and sheet pans of bacon at a time, yes, and man. you and you have them ready to go, and then you flash them in you know in in the oven maybe to get them hotter on the flat top to get it hot if you're going to serve it. But you can't be cooking. No, I'm just saying. All right. You're wrong, but that's cool. No. <laughs> I'm not wrong, God damn it. Like, people are speaking. Yo, people with the strongest opinions of food on Twitter don't know what the fuck they're talking about. They can't cook. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Like, I am going to have to look at that bacon lasagna thing real deep. And yo, really, I mean, that looks kind of like, real. It's kind of like actually like just like beefy mac with like – with like lasagna noodles, but whatever. I mean, Doesn't that's like the, the best food is just good ingredients rearranged in a new, interesting way. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, what is it like hamburger helper with bacon instead? No, it's like lasagna made with ground beef and Colby Jack and bacon instead. So it's, it's more of like a, it's, it's less Italian. It's more like white trash. Yes. <laughs> it's like all about it. It's like a bacon. I guess. I mean, are we not allowed to say white trash anymore now? Is that so, like, taken away from us now? I don't know. But like, it's if that's what it is. It's like a beefy mac, but with lasagna. I'd eat it. Oh yeah, you would. I'm just saying. But I would think that if that type of thing, and I don't know how, but I think you would have to pre, you would have to like pre cook the bacon, because yeah, I feel like if you right, you'd have to bake it in strips. Right, ahead of time, and then layer it pre-cooked, because otherwise it would just be this, like, it would be the same texture as the noodle. 
That would be weird. Right? What you you could make like a like what you need to do is take crispy bacon that you cooked on a sheet pan in the oven like a fucking boss. Noodles out of it. No, and you make like a lattice, like a lattice work, and you layer in between that like ricotta mousse Mm. and fucking other things, and you just make like this baconator lasagna stack. Yes. I'd rather just have scallops wrapped in bacon. Scallops wrapped in bacon are money, I'll tell you. When I ran the McCormick and Schmicks, that was the most popular appetizer. They're banging. More than a few of those went right into my face. This is my favorite part of weddings. When, the, when those things come out on trays, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it's a, when when they get ordered, the waiters and the managers are happy about it, too. <laughs> like, You're one short, my bad. You, you go to, a, when you go to a, a, an event where trade past apps are happening, you need to know that at least a third of them are getting consumed by the staff. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, if you're trade passing apps and you're like, you got those last two, and you're hoping you can make it back to the area where you can hide and eat them. <laughs> like, and somebody stops you, it's the worst thing in the world. Like, you, you're like, oh fuck, I got a clear shot. I'm gonna get behind that bush over there, or that fucking pipe and drape. I'm gonna be like, no, I'm not gonna eat those two bitches. And some fat lady stops you, and it's like, excuse me, are those bacon wrapped shrimp? And you're like, <laughs> right to the heart. <laughs> you're like. Oh, you gotta go back and like fucking. Oh, those things and stuff, mushrooms, man, done. Because that's oh, it's like have, those two. Yeah, you have like this window where it's like you're not seen by the by the chef, and then you're out of the guest eye, and you have like a brief moment where you can where you can eat those appetites. Moment of glory. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's the worst thing. Like, come out with a tray of apps. And people start grabbing them, and they're literally just inhaling them. And people always do this. They grab it, and they go, what's this? <laughs> the fuck difference is this? It is. <laughs> just protrudes. Like spitting it in my face. <laughs> like, like, oh, it tastes was, like bacon wrapped scallops. That's how it was. It was tilapia with whale jizz. Like, <laughs> pause. <laughs> Taste a bit nutty. Yeah, a little ultra violence. But like, it's just wow. people are just embarrassing with that shit. People like trying to do like weird Jenga with appetizers and a drink. Like, it's, like it's the worst. Well, there you go. The window into the appetizer passing world. Be afraid. Social distance is hard. <laughs> That's just crazy. Yeah, think about that. Like, that was just our norm. Yeah, well, that was something, like, everybody, somebody has been bringing up, like, I guess you can't blow out candles on your birthday cake anymore, right? Like, I seen a meme going around, like, remember when everybody ate a cake that the birthday boy spit on? <laughs> You know, like, Things are gonna be different, man. Yeah, it's gonna be when we're full oh, back. Yeah, they're already like, different, yeah. man. Maybe they will be. Maybe they won't. I don't. I don't think we're that smart. I think we're gonna, like. I think. I think. Oh, you see your boy like daps, but that that shit's. I'm done. I'm done with that. Well, they're already like I was telling, trying to tell you earlier. You know, they already the players and Goodell already came up with something. You got to answer a questionnaire. The 
Locker rooms have to be made six feet apart. You got to wear a mask in all non-contact meetings. You know, are they going to, um, no more than 15 players in the equipment room. Wow. Strength and conditioning workouts. Uh, Tony Medlin's happy about that. <laughs> right. They got yes. Yeah, they got to reconfigure the locker rooms. Most smooth. Uh, um, temperature like you have to. Yeah, like, you gotta you, you gotta take a, your temperature when you come in and leave, and you have to fill out a questionnaire. They've been doing that at my job every day. They just stop like temperature How? every morning. What crazy timing is it that the Bears are going to Hallis now? Like, if they weren't already, they would definitely be doing that now anyway, because they couldn't do any of this shit at Bourbon A. Yeah, we'd have to have our Cry for Bourbon A episode now. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, like... It's I didn't just, leave empty-handed. It's good for them uh, that they're going to be at Hallis, though. Yeah, it actually works out great. Like you know, yeah. Some of the some of the teams that don't have the facility to support it. I mean, they've always done it somewhere else. Yeah, yeah more and more. Well, you're not dealing with the fans either, so. So we'll see. I don't know. I mean, I think Notre Dame's back next week too, or the week after. They're gonna be staying at that hotel, testing everybody. You know. So just. Shout out to Notre Dame. Hope everybody's healthy. There's your weekly sucking of the dick of Notre Dame. (laughs) (laughs) What was that? JJ was saying he's never seen Rudy on Twitter. Offsides. Huh? Offsides. Offsides. Defense. That's Rudy. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But he just, he's never (laughs) seen it. And I'm kind of like, at this point, it's like, I don't know. You really didn't like that movie, though? No, it I like. Okay. It's all right. I think it's over. I think it's overstated how good it is. I mean, like it's like it's I, I think impressive. First, I think the first time I saw it was like you know when somebody wheeled it in the room on one of those TV carts in school. You know, yeah, what but I mean? anytime they let the midget get out there and play, it's cute. Yeah, if they like them. Hey, he. He went along with well, Frodo and destroyed a ring too, so good for him. I mean, if you're like a, if you, like if you're a short, if you're like an asshole midget, I don't know if everybody's gonna be like cheering your name. All right. But this was this was a midget, wasn't he from Chicago? Wasn't that the deal? And he like went to Notre where, Dame. Where, like, was he from Chicago? I don't know. I, don't I thought know. it was. He's a midget. Yeah, he wasn't really a midget either. But for a defensive lineman, he was. Isn't that where they put him in? It's your team. How do you not know this? Hey, good Lord, you you, you just well, don't know. I mean, I, I was, Lou Holtz. Let's call Lou Holtz up and see what we got going over here. <laughs> <laughs> you know he's passing. Yeah, time. Lou Holtz and social distancing is not going to work so <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. I'm sorry. It, it was Juliet. Okay. But I think in the movie they made it look like the, the movie they made it look like Chicago. Ian Rudiger, he's still alive. Good for him. He's cashing every check that movie's giving him. I wonder how much he made off of that. No, else from Juliet, Big Mike Allstott, Juliet, Illinois guy. We have Ryan. We have Ryan Nall. 
Sand Hills be damned. Yeah, I haven't seen them running any like 18th holes or anything. What the hell was that last year? You ran like a ant hill. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> no. he, he, like, yeah, no, was like running the sand trap. Yeah. <laughs> imagine, oh. imagine, imagine actually taking oh. null, like breaking down null tape and like putting it out because you oh, were sweating, would, Ryan Null. Why would you do that? No clue, bro. Oh, shit, shit happens, right? <clears throat> oh, happens often. Yes, sir. Shout out to all the brawl people that went out. Took the time, did the PSI, sent it to Austin, put it together. Yeah. Shouting it out in one voice. That yeah. Shout out to everybody who was out there to, uh, getting involved, too. Be careful. Wear masks. If you're going to get involved, I, I have a severe fear that this virus ain't over. And I hope we don't get a spike. And I don't see what you got there. It's all blurred out, bro. Yeah. Oh. See a hundred. It's, it's hanging up in the back here. The hundred. It's my terrible towel. It's yep. a beautiful towel. It is. But if you're gonna go out, be loud, be proud, be smart. There it is. That's beautiful. And be. Let's all be better. Absolutely. Sorry. Word. That's just another episode of the Tailgate Show. The bars. <laughs> the skillet fried bacon. <laughs> <laughs>